Welcome to the Vet Space Ireland podcast, where our aim is to entertain, inform, engage, and inspire. I am your host, Michelle McGuire. And I'm Hazel Mullins. And tonight we have a special episode of the Vet Space podcast. We are um, talking to some of the volunteers involved with the fantastic organization Vet Support Ireland. So if you don't know what it is and you want to know more, listen and Try and listen to the end because there's a lot of really good information on here and someday, maybe not today or tomorrow, but someday you might need their support. Um, so yeah, just stick with it. Uh, we've had a few laughs as well along the way. Um, so yeah, here we go. Um, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Vet Space podcast and we are delighted tonight to be joined by the super volunteers from Vet Support Ireland, and we have James Buick, uh, Neve Toder, and Fiona McFarland. So, without further ado, we're just going to ask them to introduce themselves. So, James, you're first on my screen. Would you like to go ahead and jump in there and tell us who you are and how you got or why you got involved with Vet Support Ireland? Okay, um, my name is James Buick. I graduated from UCD in 1999 and I'm a partner in a three branch small animal practice just outside Belfast. Got involved with vet support Northern Ireland as it was then. Um, just saw that the advert that went out, there was a call for people who might be interested in volunteering um, and kind of thought about applying for it just from the point of view of maybe giving something back to the profession or maybe thinking that after nearly 20 years doing this job that I maybe had something to offer so um yeah was successful in the application and that's that's how I ended up doing it that's very very good um Neve, do you want to go next you're next on my list all right uh so I am Neve Toner uh, I'm a registered veterinary nurse. I qualified in 2003 um, and I've just this year, actually my graduation was this evening and I've just graduated with my uh, diploma in advanced veterinary nursing. Um, mm-hmm. I've just just completed that. I've been in practice, yeah, um, I've been in practice on and off. Um, I did take a bit of a break and uh, again like James, I saw the advert come out and um, Mental health has always been something I suppose I was interested in, seeing lots of stressed out new graduate vets coming into the practice and uh, just some, you know, family experience, you know, with with some mental health issues. And uh, again, I put my name in for the application and um, I I was successful and I got through and did the training and here we are. So, yeah. Well, congratulations, Neve. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, and lastly, but not leastly, uh, Fiona McFarland. Um, Fiona, tell us about yourself and, and how you got involved with Vet Support Ireland. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having us on here with you today. Uh, so I graduated from Bristol University in 2004 and I worked predominantly in large animal practice in both Somerset, uh, Southwest England and then in Northern Ireland for the first sort of eight or nine years before moving into the small animal world. 
Uh, I worked in first opinion and then referral practice, including a few years as um, managing a practice. And then four years ago, I took a leap of faith to become a full-time locum vet in the small animal sector. And over the last four years, I've worked in over 40 practices in Northern Ireland and also some in Scotland and in England. I personally got involved, um, I guess, because I had also set up uh, one of the co-founders of the Young Vet Network in Northern Ireland. And we had realized quite quickly that there was a huge need for a support network. And there were a lot of people who were isolated and challenged in really difficult circumstances and scenarios. So I was quite keen to get involved and to, to build on a, a support network that we could offer. And firstly in Northern Ireland, which has then expanded into Ireland and Scotland. I personally suffered quite a lot of isolation when I was working in large animal practice. And I also was the same. I worked sole charge for over three years and working as a, a vet on your own and really getting to the stage where you had no support and nobody really to turn to. And I started to wonder really was was what I was what I was doing. Was it normal? Was it what everybody else did? And I really struggled quite a lot with the isolation of that. So that was my motivation behind getting involved and like the others have said I put myself forward as a volunteer and did the training and have become one of the volunteers for Vet Support Northern Ireland Scotland and Ireland. Well um, guys you're kind of inspirational the fact that all this is is voluntary and you know Michelle and I know what it's like to do something outside of our working hours um, with Vet Space and, and it does take a lot of time but just for I suppose our view our listeners um what exactly would you say the definition of Export Ireland is? Uh, I think uh, I'm doing this one. Uh, so we are, what well, Export Ireland is, we are um, a voluntary service and uh, we provide a, a safe, non-judgmental listening ear. Um, we're not an emergency service, but we can provide confidential um, support uh, to, to, to veterinary professionals. Um, we are a group of trained vets and nurses who are listeners and coaches. Coaches, we're not psychotherapists or um, we're not we're not counsellors, but we're sort of coaches and we're we're listener and listeners and we're we're there to to help, to listen, to offer empathy, support, and then signpost um, as well. So if someone needs signposted on, then then that can be done too. Um, so yeah, so we're 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 voluntary. And I like the way you said like signposting. Like I think that's probably what I would kind of when you say if you ask me what Vet Sports Ireland is as a practicing vet, I'd probably say that it's a signposting place where you can go and get information if you know because there's so many like I don't know there's so many mental health charities and there's so many things and, and you hear of so many names like the Samaritans and all this and like mm -hmm. I know that's a different that's a different kind of scale of you know a different side of things but sometimes it's just nice to know as a vet that there is another vet at the end of the phone and you can mm -hmm. get signposted to where you need to go whether it's a financial issue or um I suppose a, a working right issue or, or even you know yeah. or a mental health issue so um yeah. absolutely yeah and, and and the other thing is is that it's um 
one of one of the guys who trains us, he always says to give people a really good listening to. <laughs> you know, so we will sometimes, you know, um, sometimes when when people ring us, what what they really need is someone just to listen, to to understand, to to know that there is something that someone who is. He, I mean, we have a vast array of experience, you know, a, a, across all, all of our um, all of our volunteers. Um, I mean, you've you've heard sort of myself and, and James and Fiona sort of saying a bit about our background, but um, the the volunteers have a whole range um, of of experience, and um, we we've seen and heard it all before. So we can we know exactly how people are feeling when they're feeling frustrated, and 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 we can help you. Um, you know, sort of calm down, get you into thinking space and, and, and give, you know, people who contact us really listen to what they have to say and uh, sort of help them find a help them find a way through. Yeah, that's great. And I think um, the next question we we're going to ask probably was what was the main goal of it support? But I think you've really answered it there, Neve. Um, unless anybody has anything to add about what, what is the main goal of Vet Support Ireland? I think I was just back up what Neve said. I mean, some of the things that we trained in sound kind of like common sense, but until you're actually sitting there considering one of these things, you, you realize that they're maybe not common in a lot of cases. And um, normalization is one of the things, you know, sometimes somebody will, will ring you with the problem and it's just a bit of a weight off the shoulders to just hear that you're not the first person struggling with that problem you know where that you're not you're not the only person who's ever had a problem with their boss or you know getting stressed out about a case or getting stressed out about a interaction with a client or something and um as Neve said one of the things that I really like about the service and I think it was deliberate as well in the choosing of the the volunteers was just the the range of people there um you know, we've equine vets, we've large animal vets, we've small animal vets, we've males, we've females, we've government vets, we've nurses, we have young ones, and uh, then people like me who are realizing that you're not a young one anymore, and we've people who are retired, and you know, it's just a really for for eleven people um, to get together. Um, it's a really good range, you know, representing the full the full width and breadth of. Uh, of the profession so you know it'll always be the case that you'll get directed to somebody who you know you're pretty certain they're going to have have some sort of dealings with your problem before and i think that normalization and that empathy um is is really important and that's one of the things that we offer and is it just for um vets and vet nurses or can or is it like anyone working in the veterinary in the veterinary yeah, market or we kind of market ourselves for the whole veterinary family so um vets nurses nursing assistants receptionists drug reps um people in industry people in the department you know anybody at all who's who's you know roughly connected i don't think we're going to turn you away Mm -hmm. well that's good because you know sometimes there could there can be quite a large you know as you say family within a practice and they mightn't have a veterinary degree or mightn't have a vet nursing degree but you know that they are dealing with vets and nurses and they're dealing with the issues that are in the practice so it's nice that that there is this is available to them as well that's very good yeah 
um, and I, you know, some of my, one of my receptionists listened to the podcast the other day and she was like, oh, hey, so it's really good. And I was saying about, we were going to do a vet space, um, vet support. And she was asking about it. And I said, yeah, it's even open, you know, it's open, you know, you can ring them too. <laughs> and she was like, oh, really? <laughs> um, so you might be getting a phone call from a, a park receptionist there. I think, <laughs> if, I think that's out about me. <laughs> I think that's really nice because not only are, you know, is everyone working together, but also the support staff um, are dealing with the same customers, you know, um, and often you would see it in mm-hmm. practice where a, a customer in companion animal can be an absolute weapon to the receptionist. And then as soon as the vet appears, they're like, oh, hello, <laughs> Do you know, like, um, yeah. so, so everybody, <laughs> yeah, everybody does experience <laughs> the same, you know, the same pressures. Maybe I, I have to say, I'm not a vet. I did practice as a nurse for 10 years, but I do have to say that vets, I think, more so because at the end of the day the responsibility and the book stops with you so that you know there is an, another level of stress and responsibility there however everybody does have their own um share and it's nice that you say the veterinary community because our family because we're all working together to make this industry better for us all so that's a really nice thing actually veterinary family i, I like that yeah, we might steal that for something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to steal that term weapon because I haven't heard that weapon. <laughs> years ago. It's, it's brought back wonderful memories. Weapons and wagons. Yeah, we, tr- we try not to swear <laughs> on the podcast. So this is this is Michelle holding back. Yeah. Yeah, we like I chose my words very carefully there. <laughs> um, so like what would be a typical situation that people would come to you with um or maybe one of the most popular things that that people contact you for so far i think most of the ones i've had have been um just kind of work related um i'm you know maintaining confidentiality and everything and being very general about it it's been just a lot of younger vets who are maybe having disagreements within a practice, um, maybe a bit of friction with the boss, um, maybe just feeling that kind of thing where I suppose you're you're out of college a few years, your clinical skills are developing and um, there's there's a bit of friction happening maybe with, with other members of the team or um, with a boss or whatever. And that's probably the majority of the ones that I've spoken to. Um, and I've, I've sometimes taken those on because I do run a practice and um, I hopefully try to be as good a boss as I can be. This is hopefully all my employees aren't ringing vet support Ireland complaining about me. Um, but, you know, looking at it from that point of view, like that, that's, that's some of the interactions I've been having and people just maybe saying, look, well, am I out of line thinking this or have I done something wrong here? Or, you know, is this reasonable for me to think this way? And then one of the things that we we like to try and do is to not to give people a way forward in getting out of their situation, but to try and help them find their way forward. You know, like it's all right for us to go, well, you need to do this, or you need to do that. But one of the things from training was very much... Um, not fixing people's problems but 
trying to lead people to a place where they can come up with a few options of their own and then letting them try and decide maybe which option is best. And then one of our things is maybe trying to keep them accountable for that, you know, so you might have somebody who who's fallen out with a coworker and it's really affecting them. And, you know, they come up with a solution, which might be, yeah, well, I want to go and have a chat with them. Um, and um, we say, right, well, when's that going to happen? You know, next Wednesday. Okay. Um, I'll give you a call next Thursday and just see how it went. And I think that accountability um, is one of the things that we do as well. Um, we're not holding anybody to the hot coals to do these things, but it's just that bit of support. And as I say, very important to try and lead people to a place where they come up with their own solutions um, and then back them on, you know, what, what solutions they think are, are going to work and, and hold them accountable to that. So, Yeah, that's really good, actually, the accountability bit. Because, you know, it, it does kind of keep people in, engaged with you that you're not just telling them and then you can kind of come back and say, oh, how did that go? You know, you're yeah. Not, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I didn't realize now you kind of be doing that kind of thing. So that's, that's because um, I think, look, vet support is obviously a new kind of, um, especially in the South, I suppose it's, 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 it hasn't been, I don't know, when was it launched and has it been here? Uh, autumn 2019. Autumn 2019. Yeah, yeah. we're not too so, far ahead. Yeah, so, um, and like, Nia, what kind of things, you know, have you different issues coming from nurses coming to you? Um, um, you find? Yeah, it is. It, it is. Um, sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's, it's anxiety of, of responsibility sometimes, you know, with, with senior nurses, you, you know, with, with, sorry, with junior nurses being asked to do things, maybe that, they're not confident in or they're not qualified in or sometimes it can just be the vets don't realize what you know the likes of sort of veterinary care assistants for example um they're not mere, maybe really sure about what sort of stuff that they can be asked to do and then sometimes the vet gets a bit standoffish you know if, if a veterinary care assistant says oh, well I can't do that or I'm not confident doing that um bullying would be another thing that sometimes crops up from time to time in practice um, and then career progression um, again would be would be another one that you would sometimes sometimes see as well too. Okay. So a whole range of issues really. Yeah, I would echo that as well. Um, in terms of the contacts that I've had, there certainly have been a lot of workplace issues, um, but there's also been a lot of personal challenges and mm-hmm. people who are struggling with personal issues, which is having an impact on work and struggling to make decisions over that or struggling to juggle all of the issues that are going on in life. So if it has an impact on their work as a vet or a nurse or a nursing assistant or a receptionist, it's all relevant. And, and uh, as James and Neva said, like we're there as part of a team to try and help everybody who's involved in any workplace mm-hmm. scenario, any veterinary workplace scenario. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the things I've certainly had is it's been a lot of just general anxiety um, and yeah, unfortunately, that has led to some people having feelings of depression, uh, just can't see a way out, uh, just are really stuck in a real emotional arousal state of mind. And what we can do in those sort of circumstances is just to try and help those people to get back into some sort of rationale and thinking brain. And, and as James said, just try and think of the options that they have 
focus on one or two of those and then work through those and we will touch base with them again and, and talk to them about it. And as Neva said, some particular issues with vets in terms of career progression and just feeling a bit stuck in a rut and don't really feel like they're achieving anything. And that can have a major impact on your well-being as well in terms of job satisfaction. And although there's been a lot of contacts from younger vets, we've also had contacts from practice partners and principals and people who are struggling to deal with teams and struggling to manage staff. And I think we probably forget that the practice owners, principals, partners, bosses, they also have the same stresses and um, similar levels of anxiety at times as well. So we've had contacts from those sorts of people um, also. Okay. And that's... Um... It's really interesting that you you say about um, Fiona, I think you mentioned it there about people's, you know, having struggles in their personal lives and, you know, where that will have an impact then on their 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 job and how they're able to function at work. And I guess maybe it's not, I suppose, from a practice point of view in Ireland, certainly we don't have a huge level of corporatization in Ireland. So it would be majority independent practices and they wouldn't have HR departments. So there wouldn't, uh, whereas if you work for, now I don't know, I've never worked for a corporate, so maybe I'm assuming, but I have worked for big, you know, multinational companies and they do have good HR departments and, and supports. And if you are struggling, you can say, do you know what? I'm actually having a hard time and it's affecting my work. So they, you know, they would, practices generally wouldn't have that type of thing where they can offer well-being support to their staff so I think Vet Support Ireland is going to be really useful from that point of view um, I don't know if you agree yeah, yeah well it's quite good as well I mean being stuck in in a small practice and there may be somebody within the practice that you would like to chat to about something but you know everybody knows what what small businesses are like there there are no secrets sometimes yeah. you know the Chinese whispers circulate around so I think the fact that firstly that it's somebody from your industry who has who has probably had a similar experience um so they they know what you're talking about from a veterinary point of view um but then also the fact that it is somebody who's removed from your immediate situation and somebody who's who's confidential and who's not known to you and I think that's that's a benefit. And I suppose one of the other things um, that we get sometimes and that we need to sort of always reinforce is that it's, it's not a case of no problems too big. It's more a case of no problems too small. You know, you get mm -hmm. so many emails from people saying, I don't even know if this is enough to, to be contacting you about. And you're kind of like, well, do you know what? If it's annoying you and you need somebody to chat to, then it's enough. You know, yeah, it doesn't matter if you feel like it's a really trivial issue. I mean, I, we have um, in the UK, we have we have vet life. Um, I don't know if you guys have access to that as well or something similar, but it's like 24 hour manned phone calls, you know, and that's for people in, in really acute crises to phone them. And I suppose when we were setting out our stall, it was very much to try and provide something different, you know, so um we're not necessarily for for that kind of middle of the night crisis mm. um but you know we're there for for other things that maybe don't seem important to the person but 
at the same time, if it's if it's getting to them and if it's getting them down, then it's important enough to to share and to speak to somebody. So that's what we try and be there for, just for that support and just to kind of stay with somebody until the problem's resolved. Um, so yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. Because you know, sometimes you might go and talk to like I. A lot of my um, vet friends are in the UK, and I don't get to talk to them as much as I probably sh- you know should and you know I have a lot of friends that aren't vets around me kind of day to day and you know it's 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 a it can be a bit of a different world and our you know little things can niggle on you and other people might that aren't maybe in the veterinary world might be like well you know that's not a big deal or but I'm Mm -hmm. like yeah but it's happened Mm -hmm. every day this week and I was on call this day and that day and look whatever it is but sometimes it's nice perhaps with with vet support that you don't have to give a massive background that you guys are like oh yeah like we understand you know so it's 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 nice maybe for people like me maybe that 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 don't have like a a massive kind of I don't know veterinary network around me at all times so yeah sometimes I'm like I, I you know some people can move like I know maybe younger vets might ring you a little bit more often maybe than than other vets but being isolated as well on your first job and yeah your friends are at the end of the phone but you know they might be busy as well you don't want to be bothering them and you don't want to be feeling but like maybe just having someone outside of your you know personal circle is good to talk to as well you know and I definitely think uh, I would have probably been I probably would uh, would have been ringing you. I can even think of a few occasions now in my in my <laughs> past life that I would have rung you guys um, for help because I really just because I came from the UK as well and Ireland. I suppose the systems over here were were quite different and just even for like even things about pay and and fuel allowance and different things like that. I just had no idea um, and it was just having someone to maybe just pass things by with would have been would have been great so I could definitely see how no problem too small would be is a good saying Um, and and just to to go back to that as well the no problem too small thing um the vet life thing I don't we don't have that in Ireland as far as we're aware there's no Uh. crisis 24-hour line but I think what's really good about what Vet Support Ireland is doing is that, and when you say no problem too small, I think the whole, well, in my opinion, the whole point of this is that if you if you contact, if you make contact with Vet Support Ireland when you're, you know, if you think it's even a small problem, you're hopefully going to avoid ever getting to that stage. Mm. You need a crisis yeah, line. Absolutely. You know yeah, yeah that's completely right um we we would try and tackle the the problems before they get to the stage of complete overwhelm and yeah. if it's just as hazel has said if it's just being able to talk to someone who can who can relate and who has perhaps been there and we all know what it's like no matter whether it's a problem in our veterinary world or career or, job or person, even if it's just somebody saying I know how you feel and I understand how you feel and it's completely normal to feel like that. I think those sorts of things can nip some of those issues in the bud at an early stage at the bottom of the pyramid before anybody would get the opportunity of, of climbing up that pyramid and get to the stage of, of really overwhelming distress or, or anxiety or depression. So 
that's the sort of issues that we want to try and tackle are the are the things that that could could be dealt with early and avoid any any future stress. Yeah. And say now I you know back say I had a problem tomorrow and as a vet a vet in practice where do I go what do I do how do I get on to you guys talk me through it. Okay. So if you have a look at our website um, you have you have a couple of options on there. So um, initial contacts generally done by email, okay, which is why we're not we're not designed for for crisis, which is why you know um, it's for the as we were talking about the smaller things. Um, so when you go onto our website, you can contact. There's a, a group um, email address which is um, info at uh, vet support uh, info. Oh, I always forget it. Fiona, help me out. Info at vet support Yeah. And uh, so it's initial, um, we, we rotate it amongst all of us. There's always somebody um, covering the, uh, the email address and uh, we're on a rota. So um, somebody's generally back in touch with you within 24 hours. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we try to get back, you know, re, you know that evening or, you know, as soon as we see the email, if we're free. Um, or the other option is we all have um, individual um, emails. So if you go on and, and you you can read through, we've all got little um, sort of like um, biographies, if you like, up there. And if there's, you know, someone that you feel you relate to more or someone, you know, that you think, you know, they they sort of they're they're more likely to have similar experiences than me because, um you know, you know, if you're an equine vet, we have we have a vet who's an equine vet. So if you're an equine vet, you maybe want to talk to an equine vet. Or if you're a nurse, you maybe want to talk to a nurse, you know, whatever. So um, you can contact us um, individually. Um, and generally, again, we would try to get back within um, 24 hours um, where, where we can. And then it sort of progresses generally to whatever the person wants to. Um, we try, if we can, to um, progress on to, say, phone calls. Um, and now that with the era of COVID, we can do like Zoom meet, you know, we could set up like a little Zoom meeting, something like that, or even like a WhatsApp video call if the person wanted to. And if we were close, if we were close enough, um, as COVID restrictions lift a little bit more, we could try to do face to face. But I appreciate if you're that if you're that vet calling from Cork um, or that receptionist calling from Cork, we might not be able to do face to face, but we could certainly um, do our best to uh, maybe do a Zoom call or a WhatsApp video or something like that. And we try as much as we can to facilitate what the caller wants, because obviously not everybody is, com you know, is comfortable with that. And everybody, you know, everybody worries about confidentiality as well, too. So um, we try, we try our we initial start with with email and then it progresses from there. And you mentioned confidentiality, confidentiality, um, Neo. Yes. So yeah. what, like, I suppose people might be worried, oh, the veterinary world is so small. If I ring Neo, then Tim down the road and Mary down the road might know. So talk maybe through about how confidential the whole system is. Okay, it is. Uh, I, I can't even begin to stress um, how confidential we are. Um, we don't even, so we wouldn't even sort of um, discuss cases or, or we wouldn't discuss people who have, who have contacted us, you know, within our group um, amongst ourselves. When you, with the person that you contact, it, whatever conversation you have with them, it stays with them. It goes no further. And if we do do a video call and we were to meet you at a, at a conference or something like that, we might say hello, but we're not going to turn around and go, oh, well, I met them through that support. That's not what we do. We wouldn't, 
we wouldn't even pass on any of that. It always all has to be kept completely, completely confidential. Um, and we don't have, you know, we don't, nothing is, no um, phone calls are recorded, no conversations, you know, they, they wouldn't be um, written down in any way, anything like that. Um, it's all completely confidential. Brilliant. Can, yeah. can I just say something there? Because I know you guys don't need to hear, but I, it's something that I'm quite passionate about myself. Obviously, confidentiality is really important because we still live in such a stigmatized, you know, culture and yeah. well-being. Like, I hope that someday people will be able to say, just like they say, oh, I had to go to the doctor. Why? I have a pain in my back that they can say, oh, I contacted them because I was struggling and it was great. So hopefully yeah. someday we won't need that. Okay. The stigma will be gone, but it's good for people to yeah. know that the confidentiality exists. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's like James, it's like James said at the start, it's about trying to normalize it's, you know, it's about trying to normalize these things. Um, I mean, so many people don't, you know, they don't have an issue about talking about all sorts of health issues. Um, I mean, some of the stories that I hear from from vets that are having that the clients have offered their own medical information to the vet and kind of, you know, ask the vet to diagnose what's wrong with them. Um, you know, and that seemed to be uh, all completely, completely normal. And yet when we want to talk about mental health, it's all very hush. And oh, I don't want to mention that we're struggling and oh, I don't want to be bothering them. And that builds up and that holding it in, that's not healthy because that comes out in other forms. And uh, you need you need to get it off your chest. You need to talk to someone about it. Um, but obviously because of the stigma, we can't, you know, it wouldn't be right and it wouldn't be fair on the other person, you know, if we were even to go back in our group and discuss it. So no, we don't even, we don't even do that. It's literally what it, it's between you and the person you contact um, and it goes no further. Great. Well, I think with with, with um, hopefully with with organisations such as Vets Vet Support and Vet Space and Vet Life and everything you know all these organisations that are trying to help the profession. Hopefully, um, as Michelle said, the stigma will go, and you know that we'll be able to talk a bit more freely. But it's great to know that. Yeah, I think especially in Ireland, because everyone, you know, it's, it's a small country. It's great to know that I can pick up the phone to Fiona and talk. And I know that it's not going to go any further. And, and um, yeah, no, it's it's brilliant. And like, I just want to maybe just clarify with people listening here that um, the email address is um, I have it here. I was just going through your website, actually. Everyone should everyone listen to this should go on to the Vet Support NI website. It's really well um you know, laid out and very easy to follow and info at betsupportni.co.uk and you can look up all our lovely um, guests tonight's um, <laughs> um, profile pictures. James, you're looking well yeah. in your profile picture there. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, there's a, there's a, there's, as you said, there's a large variety of, um, of vets on there. So I think no matter what, whether you're a vet nurse, um, you know, receptionist any part of the sports staff I'm sure that you'll be able to go on there and find someone that you can identify with and maybe send mm -hmm. an email if you're having if you're having a bit of trouble and just reach out and that's the hardest step isn't it just kind of making yeah. that writing that first email but once it's gone absolutely yeah probably a weight off your shoulders. yeah absolutely 
Yes. Yeah, so. I think the other thing is since the the service has grown, I mean obviously we're we're still we're still all Nordies, as you can hear from the accent. So, um, we, we did start off as Vet Support NI, and then the there was a bit of interaction then with Veterinary Ireland and stuff. So the, the website um, that you guys will probably be first accessing will be vetsupport.ie. Um, it'll bring you to the same place, and it'll bring you to the same supporters and the same emails. Yeah. Um, so... There, we're doing some things to like we've we've expanded a bit to Scotland as well, um, so we're doing some things to try and pull everything under one umbrella. But vet support IE will still work, um, vet support NI will work, and then vet support Scotland. So um, yeah, you'll you'll find us easily enough, and then the links for the emails and everything are on the site. And um, I think as Nave said, you do, you have that option to just. If you don't care who you speak to and you want to speak to somebody quite quickly, you know, just hit the the info at email. And um, if you're if you're a bit more nuanced and you think, yeah, well, you know, I I know that guy. I don't want to be speaking to him, so I want to speak to somebody else. You can find the supporters and, and email them directly as well. So um, that's your your two options. So we sort of try and provide that. And I think the goal for the future is then, as we do expand a little bit, to maybe. Um, take on some supporters in uh the republic and also maybe in scotland as well to just spread out the the support that's there and i think that will help with the confidentiality mm-hmm. as well because you say ireland's small northern ireland is especially small and veterinary within northern ireland is even smaller again so that was one of one of our hurdles that we sort of had to keep pushing at the confidentiality thing because everybody knows everybody and um you know people were we're afraid of that. So I think as time goes on and we, we get some more supporters, somebody in Cork might think, right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to email this guy in Edinburgh here because he definitely doesn't know me. So that's the long-term goal as the thing gets, gets more expansive. Excellent. And maybe just to finish up, maybe if you go through each one of you, maybe you all have a tip that you can share with our listeners about maintaining their well-being and, you know, how to get through challenging times and, you know, just generally being happier in life. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to kick that off. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly one of the main things that we will talk to um, anyone who contacts us, one of the main things that we will talk through is what we would refer to as the tools. Um, it sounds a bit of a cliche and it's very hard to get your head around when you've not experienced it or been through it but there are actually very tried and tested old time skills and tools that we can teach individuals um this involves things like 7-eleven breathing tensing and relaxing muscle relaxation exercises um shakeouts and stretches even doing a massive tarzan roar there are lots of things they sound at, to the to the beginner, as, as I should say, they sound a bit silly, maybe. Some people might look at it and think, well, how's that going to help? But actually, they are very, very useful things to try and accomplish and to put in practice in everybody's daily life. I know when I first started as a volunteer, it took me a little bit of time to get a grasp of these things. Um, but actually I use them every day and they're hugely beneficial. Now there's lots of links to these on our website and you can have a look at that as well. Um, But those are some of the things that we might actually um, 
teach people when they make contact with us, especially if they're in a state of, of really extreme emotional arousal and really can't think straight at the time. So so biggest top tip is definitely to get a grasp on those, learn those and make those mm -hmm. part of your daily routine. Um, and I guess tips in terms of teams and people in practice. Uh, I don't think we've touched on this, but one of the other things that we also do uh, aside of individual contacts, we're also offering practice workshops. So we're quite happy to make contact with anyone, um, a practice, whether it be a receptionist, practice manager, a vet, a clinical director, an assistant. If anyone feels that there, there could be benefit from us doing a little um, Zoom call and uh, delivering a practice workshop, we've been doing these now for some time to various practices in Northern Ireland, Scotland, and some practices in Ireland already. And we have a presentation that we would give to the team and it's quite interactive and as part of that describes how we would explain how we end up in emotional arousal and in stress and how we can overcome that and what sort of things that we can all do to try and help ourselves when we're in that situation. So um, so another tip would be to, to try and encourage your teams and your colleagues and your practices to get in touch with us and maybe organize a practice workshop which we're quite happy to do yeah i'd say there's a lot of practices could could uh could implement that i'd say and, and that would definitely help yeah that would be really yeah. Good. yeah that's a good yeah lots of food for thought there um, james <laughs> have you got a tip for us james um yeah basically just kind of echoing what Fiona said I mean the the what we describe as the tools um this was part of our training and um the 7-11 breathing and stuff is something actually a lot of people who do yoga seem to know about um I had never heard of any of these things um the shakeout thing is a strange one um and I must admit that I thought it was kind of weird whenever we started doing it it basically just involves standing there and shaking yourself vigorously for a minute it kind of looks like you're having a stand-up epileptic seizure um and the if you can picture our training time we used to meet on a sunday afternoon in the upstairs room of um the veterinary surgeon supply company which is the wholesaler in northern ireland um they had a meeting room and we did this like six or seven Sunday afternoons for our training and we'd be standing there on a Sunday afternoon doing this and kind of I'd be looking out the window going people are going to think this is some kind of weird religious cult or something happening in here but the way I the way I see it is it's kind of like control alt delete for your brain um okay. it, it kind of tricks you into <laughs> getting out of a stressful situation i mean we all know about fight or flight reflexes and stuff and adrenaline and all those kind of things and this is basically just reset you know it's it's telling your body right the stress is over you can calm down and i can think of of experiences you know where i've possibly been i can think of one experience was in the middle of a really difficult dental on a dog and i couldn't get the teeth out and the roots were breaking and the thing was going on and on and on and i was just getting more and more annoyed with myself and annoyed with the whole thing and i said to the nurse look give me a second <coughs> went off locked myself in the bathroom did the shake thing came back out and it was it just felt like a reset you know and um 
it sounds weird, but it works. And I think that's probably my top tip. And, you know, it's one of the things that, that, that just makes a difference. And it just, it's a simple thing and it just focuses the mind a bit. And that's quite good if you're in that whole stressful situation where you're, your adrenaline's flying around and your cortisol's flying around and your heartbeat's going fast and you can't think straight. It's just a good way to to reset the system for um, for a minute and just bring you back into into a nice frame of mind where you can think clearly. And I'm sure your nurse was very appreciative that you went <laughs> off and reset, I'd say, James. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if any of the other nurses walking past the, the, the toilet and hearing me having a, a stand-up epileptic fit in there. But um, yeah, it worked and the tooth came out and everything was good. So, Yes, I, I can definitely think of lots of times where I've used it. And as yeah. James said, it's kind of like, like rebooting. And um, yeah, need to go and reboot. I'll be back in five. Yeah. <laughs> the breathing's good as well because you can do it sitting in traffic on the way to work. You know, you can yeah. like if you feel yeah. like you're going to have a stressful day, and some some Mondays you'd be going into work thinking this is the last place I want to be, and you're you're stuck in traffic, and you can just sit there, do the breaths, focus on your breathing, and um, yeah, it's just a little a little reset. Yeah, I would do the I would do breathing exercises now. You know, if I was trying to get to a call and and there was traffic or if I had like two calls or three calls ahead of me and just things, yeah, I would just um, do the kind of box breathing. That's what I do. And it definitely, definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. any words of wisdom, Nia, before we, the thing, the thing with it was, um, well, it, it just, just, I would just laugh at what James was saying about us doing, about us doing our, our, uh, uh, shakeouts and stretches. Um, going going into a room full of complete strangers um, that I had never met any of them before, and to do that initially the first few times, um, yeah, it took it took a lot, but it was good to know that everybody else was as worried about it um, as I was. But one of one of the main tools that they say that you really, you know, if if you pick and choose through the rest of them and do them, the one that you should stick to is two and a half to three hours um, of aerobic exercise per week. That can be half an hour a day, half an hour, you know, you take to yourself, go for a walk, get your respiration rate up, get your heart rate going a wee bit quicker. Or, you know, maybe if you go, you know, go cycling two or three times a week for a couple of hours, or if you go for a run, exercise really helps make the rest of the tools work an awful lot um, an awful lot better um, and it's so when you say two and a half to three hours it sounds an awful lot but it's not really um, and you can mix and match it you know you can maybe um, now that things are again things are opening up again you maybe go swimming um, you know go to the gym for a little while but throw in the exercise two and a half to three hours of exercise um, a week yeah yeah Brilliant. I would def definitely agree with that yeah when I don't get out for my walks, yeah. I'm like a I'm like a demon to be around. <laughs> a demon or a weapon? Which is uh, it? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it has or a weapon. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it has to be. You know, it has to be. Um, it has to be. Uh, you know, TB testing all morning doesn't count, or uh, chasing a load of calves around a pen to debug them doesn't doesn't count it has to be outside of work and um, so it has to be something extra because obviously work's a bit stressful so yeah brilliant 
Well, I'm definitely going to try the shaking in the box thing because I, as a person who suffers with anxiety, um, I've Googled and been given all sorts of things to try and stop anxiety attacks, the onset. And that's one I'm going to add to my list and give it a go. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us um, tonight and taking more of your very precious time out to have a chat and I have to say I found that really really helpful and you all sound like you're a really sound and really lovely and I really hope that people do get in touch um, and as Hazel and James and as you all said there's no no um, problem too small and we do want to mention that there is um, the avoiding mental health issues in spite of modern day stress webinars on Wednesday the 2nd, which is run by you guys and kindly sponsored by Bowrigger. And if anybody follows us on Instagram, they will be able to register there because we've got the link in our bio. Um, and, and thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you for so having much. us. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to listen to us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Vet Space Ireland podcast. To find out more, go to vetspaceireland.ie and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on Apple iTunes. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and also Twitter and give us a like and tag us uh, while you're listening to the podcast. <laughs>